Hey y'all, welcome back to episode 15 of the Late Night Vision Show. I am Hans, and as always, I've got Jason with me here. Welcome, Jason. How are you doing? Man, I'm doing good. How are you tonight, Hans? I'm doing great. I was going to say, you know, uh, the, the good-looking one of the group. Uh, uh, well, I've, <laughs> you know what they say, I've got a, a face for radio, so, you know. Face for radio, <laughs> hey, I like that. Yeah. I think maybe that's why we're doing well with the podcast. I think so. Maybe. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I tell you what, we had a great show uh, last week. It was uh, one of my favorite shows. It has uh, officially been one of uh, the most listened to shows we've done uh, in that first week period. Uh, it was shared all over Facebook, uh, Instagram. It, it really, it went, it made the, the circles and we've had a lot of great feedback. And I just want to say thank you so much to James O'Neill from O'Neill Ops for, uh, you know, doing that interview with us. He was a super guest. Uh, I mean, I learned a bunch. We could have talked to him for another hour, and I think we're definitely going to have to have him back on. Yeah, I'll tell you, uh, what a humble guy, too, for, you know, uh, a man that's that's done a lot, not just done a lot as far as with with what he's doing with YouTube and, right. and all the coyotes that he's taking off his property, but helping uh, other landowners, ranchers, farmers in South Dakota be able to take care of the predator problem. Uh, on their land by helping with you know some of the, the caliber mm-hmm. reg- regulations and night vision regulations and uh, really spearheading that in the in the state congress and uh, you know getting that taken care of so man what a what a super super guy very very humble uh, and it was a joy to have him on the show so I was uh, I, I hope to have him on again and he said he wants to be on again soon so we'll probably have him back in the fall yeah it was a, it was a great show and so anybody that is uh, is listening or watching this podcast now. And if you haven't heard that, go back and uh, pull that one from last week and and, uh, and watch that or listen to it because I'm telling you, it was a great, uh, great episode. Anyway, I had a lot of fun with it. Right. All right. So, you know, uh, this week we're going to be talking about, and a lot of people uh, call you, Jason, about what we're about to talk about. A lot of people ask me um, about uh, using this out in the field, but the, the question is, um, you know, when I'm out hunting, whether it's coyote or hog hunting, predator hunting, um, do I need a thermal monocular or a night vision monocular when I'm out on the field? Is is it something that I need to, to put into my bag of gear? Yeah. You know, and that's, uh, I think it's an important thing. You and I have used it for a long time now. Uh, you, you've used them for a long time and, and you deal a lot in it. So why don't you do this? Let's break those out, those different monoculars out into different groups and you know, briefly talk about some of them uh, and then talk about our own experience. With yeah. Well, I, I think this is going to be a good topic because it is something that I know I get daily uh, on the phone from customers and potential customers that are, are asking, you know, what about a handheld? Do I need a handheld? And a lot of guys, especially if you're new to thermal or uh, just traditional night vision hunting, any, any type of night hunting, you don't even, it hadn't even crossed your mind. The first thing you think about is, I need a scope, which is logical. You do. That's the first thing you need. You need a scope. But after you get out there and, you know, the first night or two of holding your rifle up all night long, trying to look through it and, and panning and scanning around, you realize that, you know, your your arm is hurting and it's just killing you. And you go, man, it'd be nice to have something to hold in my hand. So it that that 308 that I'm shooting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I yeah. tell you and it, that thing is it's heavy and 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 carrying it around. Yeah, so I I'm, I you know wearing that thing on a strap 
even at the end of the night, I was like, man, my shoulders, my shoulders it sore. Is. But yeah, you know, it's exactly it right. Is. And so, you know, there's a lot of different options. It doesn't matter if you're shooting, uh, you know, traditional night vision or digital night vision. Uh, there are some sort of options uh, in in whatever category that it is you're shooting. And to be honest, there's really something in pretty much every price range. And you know, we can even start with, let's start with the, the digital stuff, because there's a lot of guys that are shooting the Sightmark Photons, the ATNX sites, and there are things that you can buy that will go right along next to those and, and do very well. Uh, you know, when you start with the digital and the, the Generation 1 monoculars, you can get stuff all the way down to $150, $200. But the one thing I always like to tell people is there's a lot of these optics that look appealing and you say oh man it's 200 bucks i'm going to go take that and use that next to my photon here's the problem you might not see 60 yards with it and you're going to be very frustrated you want to make sure that whatever you get and this is going to be true across the board in, in any type of handheld you want to be able to see just as far or further than you can with your scope and the reasoning for that is I've been here, I've done this, I can tell you. If you've got something in your hand that'll see 100 yards and your scope will see 200, you're going to put this thing in your pocket after about five minutes and you're going to pull your scope back up. Because you're the whole time your mind's telling you, I can't, I'm missing stuff. And you probably are. Mm -hmm. So with that said, uh, you know, my advice is to, you know, get some advice on it. You know, call me or another night vision dealer, somebody that's used all this stuff and really pick their brain because you want to make sure what you're getting is going to work well with whatever scope you've got. So again, there's some cheap stuff in the, the $150 to $200 range, but you bump up just a little bit and you get into that maybe $399 range and you've got like Sightmark has got a new Sightmark signal. I know you've been using that a good bit mm -hmm. and uh, you can talk about that in a minute, kind of tell us about it. Uh, we've got that option. Their ATN has a, a called the Bino X or the Binox, and they are, uh, it's actually, you know, two eyepieces, so it's like binoculars. They're really nice. They do really well uh, for the digital stuff. And, you know, moving on, we can go into thermal, and we can kind of start on the, the lower end. Uh, it's not necessarily cheap, but it's it's going to be lower end of, of what you're able to do in the image quality. And that's going to be like the uh, Leopold LTO trackers, uh, the uh, FLIR Scout TKs. Those are all going to be in that 500 to, well, the, the new LTO uh, HD is like 999 So they're going to be in that 500 to $1,000 range. And they have their place. But uh, if you own a thermal scope, then you're probably not going to want to use one of those next to your thermal scope just because they're not going to see that well. But they might they might be a good addition to a digital scope. And then moving on from there, you know, we can move uh, up into I don't I don't like to say real thermal, but it kind of is. I mean, when you get up into the professional level, uh, I think you're going to start somewhere with like that new FLIR breach. Uh, I know we've both done a review on that small, tiny little handheld unit, uh, weighs about seven ounces. It's a nice little unit for helmet mounting or something you just want to slip in your pocket. Uh, then we just move into the full-size handheld thermal monoculars. FLIR's got a good many. Um, the really popular ones right now are the Pulsar line. They've got the quantum lights. 
and the Helions, and uh, they're, I mean, these are legitimate. Put it next to your scope, and it can look exactly like your scope does, depending on which model you get. And so um, there is a lot that we could really jump into there uh, about, you know, pairing up different things. But that's just kind of a rundown all the way from, from digital to $300 uh, to thermal, and it just goes to as much as you want to spend. Yeah, I think one of the first things you said, which was great advice, that you want to make sure that you get, if you are going to get a monocular, that it can see as good or as far, if not further, than your than your normal scope. And, and I think that's great advice because you're exactly right. If you're going to be spending the money on something, it's going to be something you want to use uh, consistently and all the time. And it can be a great tool uh, to use that can help you identify and, and, and be able to be uh, the best thing about it, you know, with using something like that, a handheld, and you and I have used them for, for a long time now, but uh, in a lot of different models that you talked about, you and I have used a lot. But, you know, just being able to drive down a county road and hold out a, a monocular. Easy now. We're from East Texas. They're going to think we're going to have a gun hanging out, too. So be, be no, clear. No, be clear. I'll, I've already been, uh, the, the sheriff has already got on to me about hanging a rifle out there. <laughs> I know you better than that. I know him very well, so he knows what I'm doing. He knows my truck, so if he, he sees me down the road, yeah, that's he knows right. <laughs> but, Well, <laughs> but, uh, you know, but I, I think you're right, and, and I think, so the, let's answer the first question, and that question is, <laughs> do I need one? Is it worth it? Um, I don't think we're going to, we're not going to give you the answer right now. You're going to have to listen to the whole show, but uh, I think the short answer and and Hans and I would both agree is that yes, if you can afford it, it's absolutely a super tool to put in your toolbox. Um, And so I think we can, you know, we'll we'll get into a little deeper. Well, here, look, I know that when you started out, which most all of us, I'm included in that, we didn't have handheld. You know, just we are starting out, either we couldn't afford it, we didn't know about it, whatever. So why don't you tell us, right. I mean, you know, your evolution of what you did before without it, and then once you started using it, and I know you've used digital and thermal, uh, tell me what right. you think, I mean, how helpful is it, how much do you use it? Yeah, so, you know, we're starting out without a, without a monocular. Uh, uh, a lot of what I do and a lot of what you do and a lot of others out there uh, we're walking around a lot, you know, which means we're carrying our rifle and all of, all of our gear with us. Uh, you know, we've got a, a rifle slung across our chest. We've got our, our backpacks or our packs on. Uh, and, and, you know, when you're walking down trails and try to uh, uh, raise up a rifle and and scan, especially if you're in thick brush or trees, it's hard to scan sometimes when you're holding a rifle. And all that stuff, your arms get wore out trying trying to walk down trails all the time and oh, holding yeah. up your rifle as you're walking down a trail, you know. And that's that's happened to me many times where I'm walking down a trail and it's thick brush, you barely walk through it, and you're holding up the rifle at the same time trying to maneuver around mm-hmm. trees just to where you can mm-hmm. see. I mean, this isn't even spotting hog. This is just so right. you can see, uh, and it's it's very cumbersome. It's difficult, uh, but. I mean, if that's all you have, then it's then it's the greatest thing ever. But once you get that first, you know, I started out. I've used the the sight mark signal, the digital uh, monocular, and you know, being able to that was great for uh, using in, uh, over bait piles or uh-huh. o- open fields, you know, and and just spotting out real quick and seeing, you know, just a quick scan to see if there was something out there, which was great. Uh, 
I've used the, the FLIR Breach, have a lot of experience with the FLIR Breach, and also, uh, you know, the Helions. So once I, once I started using a monocular, um, man, I'm going to tell you, and, and I've got several examples, but I'll give you a couple of them. Uh, it, just recently, I was walking uh, from my truck uh, out to a place that I, that I hunt to quite often. I, this is a, a, a trail that I take that I never really hold up my rifle at all because I know that I'm headed to a spot that has a bait pile, so I'm just walking. Normally, I wouldn't raise up my rifle at all. Right. Wouldn't check, wouldn't just because it's, I've never seen anything there. Well, I've got a helion with me, so I'm walking down. I'm, I've, I've got that helion on the whole the whole time. I've got everything strapped on me. That helion is up, and I see a coyote about a hundred yards away, heading in my direction. I would have never, I would have never been holding up my rifle, walking down this trail to head to my bait pile. Um, if I didn't right. have that helion, I would have never mm -hmm. seen him. Never would have seen him. Never would have identified him, and was able to drop a coyote. Because I was, I had my eyes on, you know, it's like, it's having your eyes on. And when you have a, a helmet, a lot of people using helmet mounts, when you have a monocular, I think it's just a fact that your eyes are going to be on more often than if you have a scope mm -hmm. mounted on a rifle. I think that's just, you know, it's not a scientific fact, but you talk to everybody it, it is. <laughs> and it's, it's, it is, you're going to have your eyes on, you're going to have that thermal monocular or that digital monocular on more than you would if you didn't have it. Well, so um, being able to see that coyote was a, was a big thing for me. I mean, because I wouldn't have seen him without it. I wouldn't have had it. Wouldn't have my. Yeah, well, and on. just to, to say one thing to that exact point is, I tell guys once you get a, a a handheld monocular, you will use that in a night twenty to thirty times more than you use your scope. I mean, I, I use my handheld monoculars every single night and sometimes i mean i may not get the scope out if i don't see any hogs i mean i'm out there you know looking scanning my pastures and i'm not going to turn on my my rifle scope until i see something because i'm just using the handheld yeah. so yeah. yeah you're just you, you don't realize how much more you're going to be looking and then how little you're going to use right. your scope and another example was again another recent story with uh with me having the helion is uh us pulling up, me and some buddies went out to uh, a farm that uh, a buddy of mine has, which is when you pull up, it's on a big a big hill and it opens up to about 600 acres. And we pull out, everybody's gearing up, putting their gear on, headed down to our normal, we're going to walk down to our normal spots. I get the Helion out and I see a hog um, 580 yards away. Now, the Helion that I'm, that I'm using right now is the XQ28. Um, could I tell 100% that it was a hog? Uh, I was about 95% sure. Now, that's a long way, 580 yards. And, a and long way. The, the guy that I know that owns the farm, he said, because the hog was under a, a deer feeder, and he said, I know for exact sure that uh, deer feeder from here is 580 yards. So the way that I could tell is just like all the rest of us and all the rest of the people listening, you do this enough and you're going to be able to know the mannerisms of hogs and coyotes and mm -hmm. you'll be able to tell the difference after a while. You just get better at doing it. So I could tell by the way it was moving that it wasn't a, uh, right. it, it wasn't a deer. Uh, it, the sucker was as big. It looked like a cow, <laughs> but I could tell by the way it was moving. It wasn't a cow. It, that the hog was almost 300 pounds. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I could, 
that was a hog that we spotted with that monocular that again, everybody else was gearing up. I was the only one that had a monocular. They were strapping their rifles on, putting their packs on. And we were about to just start walking to some normal spots. And I just like, I have that monocular on pretty much. If I don't have my scope on, mm-hmm. that monocular is on. And right now that, you know, when we're using monoculars, that scope is rarely on unless we see something that we're about to shoot with. Or if you, you know, if you're trying to get video for something else or you wouldn't do whatever. But, you know, we're, we're always uh, having those monoculars on riding down roads, uh, pulling into gates, everything. I mean, it's always on. So that's uh, the same experience with the Fleer Breach. What I liked about the Fleer Breach was the, the size of it, how you could slip right in your pocket. Um, I took my daughter out. She used the Fleer Breach, and she was able to watch me shoot a, shoot a couple of hogs, and she thought that was a cool deal to be able to see that. You know, so, uh, you know, that's, that's some of the experiences that I've had recently with why I feel like that using a thermal monocular or digital monocular, whatever, helps me personally. I'm not going to say it for everybody, but helps me personally kill more hogs. Well, there's a couple things that I just sitting here thinking about that I want to bring up that are, that are questions that I get asked. And I agree with everything you just said. One of the things that uh, I'll have people say, and there, look, this is a, there's a debate on this. There's a couple different ways to skin this cat. But a lot of people will say, uh, you know what, I want a really, really good handheld monocular. That way I can identify very good before I ever have to bring the scope up. And my thought is, I'm not advocating a a piece of junk uh, handheld monocular. But what I am saying is this, I I want the best scope that I can afford the handheld normally you're going to know 90% of the time, even if you're talking about a, a, you know, a less expensive thermal or one of the digitals, you're going to be able to look and you're going to get a good idea of what that is before you bring the scope up. But I want the scope to have the best image quality. And my reasoning is simple because I can't make a mistake with a thermal monocular, but when my finger is on the trigger, that's when I want to know for 100% sure that that is a hog or that is a coyote it's not a fawn it's not a deer it's not a calf it's not a cow it's a so uh, when you're you know if you decide you want to do this and you're going down this road i mean i had this conversation this week with a guy and he said man i just i said i've got a great scope but i think i'm going to spend the money and get a better monocular just because I want the best image quality when I'm scanning. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to talk you out of, of getting a nice one, but you want to make sure you get the best scope you can afford, you know, for, for that reason. That's, yeah, that's what a great point. Yeah, being able to, uh, you you and I have talked about this in the past, a, a small deer, a small fawn laying down in the grass with its head up, Looks a lot like a coyote's head. Nah, I have <laughs> I have been on some some hunts with with you know guys and seen some near misses uh, you know on some near catastrophes and things like that and and I'm telling you yeah you want to be very very careful. So anyway, that's just something to think about uh, when when you go down this path. Another thing that I get asked a lot is uh, I've had you know guys that are are shooting. Uh, you know, digital, and they want to know, do I need a thermal monocular? Will that help me? Or vice versa. If I've got thermal, can I just get a digital monocular? And um, 
I think that works. It works well when you are shooting with digital um, or traditional night vision, Gen 1, Gen 2, Gen 3, and you've got a thermal monocular. I think that's fine, um, but it doesn't work the other way well because you go right back to, you know, if you pull up a thermal scope and you can see 500 yards, you're going to be able to see 500 yards and you're not going to do that with, not not well with, with digital um monocular so again i think that it's fine to to have a digital scope and a thermal handheld but not the other way around yeah that's i agree with that wholeheartedly um scanning with a digital monocular when you're when there's a lot of cover around uh is not very easy to do Mm -hmm. like i said before uh that's best for open fields over bait piles Mm -hmm. Uh, but if you're in brush, yeah. it, we've talked about in past episodes that it throws up a, a real bright, bright glare. But yeah, if you've uh, if you've got a thermal thermal scope, uh, I you know I had a thermal scope and I was using a Sightmark Sigma, yeah. and uh, and it worked just fine. But uh, you know, vice versa, uh, going you know from a you know something else, it, it would be it'd well be difficult. and you know one more thing that that I would would add is that. Um, there are some benefits to digital handheld as opposed to thermal. I'm going to tell you what this is because I'm going to admit this. I keep a a digital night vision monocular um, on the top of my gun safe, which is where my my thermal handheld sits, because there are many times that if I especially if you know part of my pastures or whatever if it's not grazed at that time and the grass has gotten a little bit taller when it's short grass it's not it's identification is a lot easier but if when that grass gets up it gets harder and there's a lot of times that uh, I'll get with the thermal and I'll have something way out there maybe you know 250 300 yards and I'll be like I am just not sure if that's a hog or a deer or mm-hmm. a calf or whatever and so I'll go to the digital and the reason is this, and a lot of times I have to put a you know an infrared illuminator beside it, hold it. But the reason is, is because with digital, you can see a hog is going to show up black, and it's just going to be there. You're gonna, yeah. you are going to see it and identify much easier and much quicker than you will uh, with thermal, depending on you know the conditions and uh, you know how far away and the grass and the brush and all that. But there are, there are times that I lay down a thermal device and pick up digital to get a clear identification before I go gear up and go you know stalk down there. Yeah, and and I think what we need to make clear too, people that are hunting with a digital scope, um, there's nothing wrong with getting a digital monocular. No, nothing you, at all. Yo, I would highly advise something like the Sightmark Signal. Yep. And it, it, I'm going to tell you something. Uh, the ATN Bino X, uh, I have used those a long time. I do not recommend a lot of ATN products, but this is one that I really, really like. And it is, it's nice being able to put, you know, have something to both eyes. They are big, they're kind of bulky. Uh, I think they're really good for, uh, you know, sitting in a stand or a fixed location, uh, not necessarily so much if you're doing a ton of walking, but but they work very well. That new Sightmark Signal, 
I have been extremely I like impressed. It. I like and it. I mean, it's affordable. I mean, it is it is affordable uh, for what it is. And, you know, one thing I do, I want to bring this up too, because we're, we're going to get into this in a minute, I know. Um, but I have a lot of guys that they say, and they get a little frustrated, and I can understand this, but they say, why is this handheld nearly the same cost as my scope? I didn't make any sense. It's just stupid. It shouldn't be. It's just a handheld. Well, here's what you got to understand. It's the same thing as your scope. It no. just doesn't have it no, just doesn't hairs. have the crosshairs. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's the same technology. Right. And oftentimes the manufacturer has had to take that same technology and put it into a smaller package. And when you take anything, especially in electronics, and just make it and package it smaller, it gets more expensive. Mm -hmm. And so it's amazing a lot of times to me they can even keep the prices as low as they do. But it's the same thing as a scope that 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 uh, it doesn't matter if it's thermal or digital, that, that uh, you know, image intensification unit, if it's digital or that, uh, or if it's a, a tube-based or, or the uh, thermal core, it's the same thing that goes inside of a scope. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's expensive and, you know, you're just not going to be able to, to, to buy that handheld that's as good as your scope for half the price. The one more thing that, that keeps handhelds expensive is the fact that, there just aren't as many sold. There's not near as many of those sold as there are scopes, and we all know the more you make of something, the cheaper that you can sell them. Well, along that lines, let's let's uh, talk about this. The 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 people that say, you know what, with the design and evolution of these quick detach mounts, do I need a thermal monocular when I can just pop my scope off of my rifle and or use digital. it as, or digital and yeah. and scan with it and slap it back on and it'll return to zero? Do I do I need to spend the money when I can do that with my scope? Okay, can I answer this one? Yes, sir. Go ahead. That's yeah, I asked. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Yeah, okay, you ask it. I get to answer it. Um, yes, you can do it. I understand the appeal. I sell scopes to guys all the time that are going to use that scope as a handheld, and it makes logical sense, and I get it. Because he says, well, look, this is a... Or is that what you're talking about? Let me get clear on the question. Are you talking about buying an extra scope, or are you talking about using the one you've got with the quick detach? Uh, we're going to talk about the other subject, I think, a little bit later on. But I'm talking about people that are saying oh, they're using their okay. scope as a monocular. All right, all right. And, no, I, yeah. I do. I have all right. I have an opinion on everything. It may not, <laughs> may not be worth anything, but I got an opinion. Yes, you can do it, and I, I want to be be clear. Look, you know, Hans and I, we have done things the poor boy way for years. We are backwoods East Texans, and I am not going to sit here on my high horse and tell you how to go spend your money. Uh, so, yes, you can absolutely do it that with the advent and improvement and affordability in the new quick detach mounts um, on, you know, from the Sightmark photons all the way up to the highest end thermal. All this stuff returns to zero and does a great job. Yes, you can do it. My caveat is this. It's not ideal, but it's better than nothing. And so here's the thing. When you take that scope off, you have to be able to put it back on your rifle in the same Picatinny slot that it came out of so that you can return to zero. And you have to do it in the dark. Mm -hmm. So I always ask guys this because I like, can I do it. Well, sure you can do it. 
but this is the this is my little scenario. Can you tie your shoes? Well, yes. Can you tie your shoes in the dark? Yes. Can you tie your shoes in the dark with a bull chasing you? No. No, I can't do it. I'm going to be stumbling all over. Yeah. Well, it's the same thing. Uh, maybe a hog's not chasing you, but it's the same adrenaline rush. You've got that scope in your hand. Oh, my goodness, look, hogs just came out of the woods at 150 yards. I've got to get this thing back on here. And you have a spike of adrenaline. Mm -hmm. I don't care how long you've been doing it. You're there to shoot hogs. Hogs came out. Or coyotes. Uh, it's very hard for coyote hunters to do this. Very yeah, hard. Because very hard. it that's why I'm saying hogs. It's 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 yeah. those coyotes are moving a lot too fast coming in. It's not ideal for them at all. But for hog hunters, they're immediately now adrenaline spike in the dark and trying to get that scope back on that Picatinny rail. I've done it. I can tell you, you can fumble with that thing. And the more trouble you have, the harder it gets. And it can just turn into a comedy of it's, errors. It, it's happened to me. And you talk about it when that adrenaline hits you, because you know, if, if the hogs, you see them with that scope raised up and you see them starting to trot off, uh, and you're trying to fumble. And it has happened to me. I'm, I guess I'm clumsy because I, I sat there one time and I, I lost a hog because I was sitting there uh, jacking with trying to get the scope back on. Now, if it would have been in the daytime sitting in my house, I could have done oh, it like that. Do it in a out second. There, yeah. in, the, in, the, in the heat of the moment when I knew that I had to be in a hurry, I fumbled with it, you know. And another thing with me, um, I know that the QD mounts, the quick detach, all the different ones out there, they do return it to zero. They've been tested. They do work. I hate taking my scope off my rifle because I'm OCD. And when I sight something in perfect, I don't even want anybody touching my scope. When my sights, when my scope is dialed in and I feel confident with my shot, as soon as I remove that scope and put it back on, I feel a little bit less confident, even though I know it returns it close back to zero. Um, it's something within my brain. I'm OCD, but I don't even want anybody to touch it. So I, I just think guys like me just use that as an excuse. Oh man, didn't return uh, yeah, to zero. That's why exactly. I missed. That's why I exactly. shot over so, him. That's why in the heat of the moment uh, of being able to put that thing back in in the proper Picatinny slot, and also with uh, me just want to have it perfect. I want to leave it on there. I don't want to mess with it, and uh, that's that's really my reasoning. But like Jason said. We didn't start out hog hunting with the nicest equipment that was out there. No. I mean, we we started out with, uh, you know, through all the different kinds of, of night vision. And, you know, it's uh, we've been fortunate that we've been able to, to upgrade over time and we get to use good gear. Um, but I'll tell you, all the people out there that are using all the different kinds of stuff, we've used it and we've tried it and we've been successful with it. And you can do it with anything that you got. Something in your bag is a lot better than nothing in your bag. That's I can right. tell you that. And anybody that tries to tell you any different, uh, you know, isn't really making logical sense. No, I, I think that's it. And that's something that, that Hans and I have tried to stress. I know we talk about thermal a lot because we both use thermal. Uh, and I know this is never a dig at the guys that, that aren't using it, can't afford it, or don't want to. Maybe they can't afford it, don't want to buy it because – like I said, I'm still using a, a digital monocular. I, I still keep photons laying around and we'll use them from time to time. I, this stuff is great. And mm -hmm. it, the the worst night vision scope on the market 
is probably, I don't know what the worst is. Maybe that's not the good thing to say. But it's, don't name it, names. Yeah, I don't know what the, exactly <laughs> the worst is. It's still better than, you know, duct taping a flashlight to the end of your barrel. I mean, you know, they're, they're, you yeah. can kill a, a lot of stuff uh, without well, having expensive stuff. And, and so, again, I understand. There's a lot of guys that, you know, they save up the money to buy the scope, whether, you know, whatever technology it is, it's what they can afford. And, you know, mama ain't happy and uh, they've, they've got it and they're loving it. And then it's like, don't tell me I got to go buy something else for, you know, the same amount of money. I'm not telling you that. You sound like my wife <laughs> when I was telling her that I needed to get a, a monocular. Oh man, you should have seen that conversation. Yeah, well, and then it's then it's suppressors, and then it's new rifles. Uh, and, I've got two know. suppressors coming, and trust me, I've already heard. Man, <laughs> I've got chores for like the next year lined up. So that's okay hey, because my wife was uh, texting your wife tonight about uh, a purse sale. Purses, that's when uh, I heard I there was a purse sale. So and I can't say anything about it. No. You know, when I buy my stuff. <laughs> You know, it's funny because, you know, I was getting suppressors and she wanted a purse. And I'm like, yeah, baby, you get whatever you want to get. I don't care how much it costs. <laughs> and it's I know it's because I'm setting myself up for the next big purchase. Fam- that I want famous to last words of a fool, I think. <laughs> yeah. Let me let's talk about this real quick before we wrap up the show. And that uh, the alternative to that of what, what you mentioned earlier was the person that has a nice scope and they just want to buy a backup scope that they can have as a. Uh, use as a monocular and then they can if they have a buddy hunt with them they can let them use that to hunt with mm-hmm. so so basically i've got a great i've got a good scope i want to buy another scope that i can just use as a handheld mm-hmm. and let my buddies use the scope whenever they come hunt with me yeah i think i'm seeing that more and more I, i've got a guy right now that i'm dealing with uh down here in the south and uh he's going to buy something probably this week and, and do exactly that he's already got a, a trail xp50 and he said you know what I'm going to buy another thermal and I'm going to use it as a handheld, but I've got buddies that, that like to go with me and they can't all necessarily afford any kind of night vision. So, uh, you know, we can both hunt and when they don't go, I'll use it as a handheld. And with the, uh, you know, ad- advent of the Pulsar Core RXQ30V, the FLIR Thermosite Pro PTS233, both of those scopes, they're $1,900 and $2,200 respectively. And they're small. They're fairly lightweight. Uh, they are really the size of a handheld unit minus the mount, if you didn't have the mount on there. So mm-hmm. I get it. I mean, I understand why a guy would want to do that. Does it work? Yes. Is it ideal? Probably not perfect, but it does work very well. You know, I guess my, if I had to summarize it, I'd say it like this. If if you've got the money, buy a dedicated handheld. I mean, if the money's really not an object and you go, you know what, I can afford it, uh, you know, because I've got guys that buy a spare photon and do the same thing. And, and the negative with that is it's very long. I mean, you know, those things are, you know, about 13 inches and it's, you know, you got to carry the thing, but it works. And, and right. it's the same theory. They go, man, you know what though? QD rings. My buddy comes, my kids come, put it on there. So, I understand. I sympathize with that, but I would say that if you you can afford to buy a dedicated handheld, do it. It's more ergonomic. It's going to work better for you. It's just going to it's going to fit in your hand better. Uh, but if if you know you want a backup buddy scope, I get it. It makes sense. Yeah, I, I can't blame you. It, it does. It, it does make sense. It's a. I've got buddies all the time that want to 
go hunting with me. They don't have any type of night vision scope. And, uh, you know, whenever I've got an extra backup one, you know, we get a chance to hunt with them. But I tell you what, man, if I'm letting my buddy use my backup scope, I'm sure wishing that I had a monocular mm, with right. me, you know, mm-hmm. because you're you're basically losing one of your tools is, is what you're doing. Right. But yeah, I mean, I, I understand it too. You know, there's, I don't, it's it's not a, it's not a bad idea at all. And with the, like you said, with the RXQ30V Pulsar and and also the the FLIR PTS two through three, two smaller, lightweight, uh, good thermal scopes that can pass as a as a spotting scope. That's right. so. I mean, uh, I think that's a good option. So, well, um, you know, th- I think we, we covered a lot here. We talked about a lot of different monoculars. I know there's there's a lot of choices out there, and Jason ran through a bunch of them. Um, you know, is there uh, is there anything that we missed, Jason? I, I don't think so. I, you know, I think we've we've hammered this out pretty good. There's a lot of things, I and mean, we could – we could go off and we could do individual reviews and, and talk about a lot of these different things. I've used all these handhelds that we've talked about and, and I could, you know, I've done some YouTube reviews on them. I know you've done on some of these mm-hmm. and I know we're going to do that in the future. We're going to do some yep, reviews. We, we are. And, and there, there's too many to review every single one of them. We may have to lump some of this together, but um, you know, you mentioned that you're using the Helion XQ28. That is a, that's a new Helion. And those things are great. They're twenty one ninety nine. They are excellent. Uh, ve- very, very nice. Good image quality. Uh, they have all the same features as the trail. Have the video recording, rechargeable yeah. battery pack, uh, the you know Wi Fi streaming to the phone app. They're they're really nice. I'm using the Helion. You know, again, these are pulsars. I keep saying just Helion, but it's pulsar Helion. I'm using the XP twenty eight. And that's the 640 by 480 core. And I I really like it. I tell you what, what I use it for some is it's a very low magnification, wide field of view. And so sometimes I'll set it up on a tripod and actually hit the record and then I walk forward. So it's recording me in thermal as I'm hunting. And it's just kind of like having a cameraman out there. So that's one of the reasons that, that I use that. Um, I get asked a lot, do I have to have a 640 handheld? If, if you know, maybe the guy's got a 640 course code. Maybe he's, he should, do I, do I need that? I'm a terrible salesman, but my answer is no. <laughs> I think it's, it, it, I mean, I'm using, hey, I'm using one, if, if, but I've yeah. used it all. And if you, if you've got the money and you want the best image quality, yes, but man, you can still ID 95% of the time again, and you're not pulling the trigger with that, with that thermal handheld. So yeah, yeah. that XQ 28 is a uh, 384 yep. resolution. And it's really nice. I, it's nice. I love it. Uh, like Jason said, I, I set up from behind. I can record from behind while I'm taking shots on a tripod, uh, all the same functions as a trail and the identification. I, I'm using an XP 50, which is a 644 resolution, and my monoculars are 384. I can identify just fine from. I, let's just say this: I can identify with my monocular further than I'm gonna ever take oh, a yeah. shot. Without a and doubt, and that's that's exactly what I care about and what I need. Uh, and it works great. And I tell you, uh, I would love for somebody to try to come wrestle that thing out of my hands right now. <laughs> 
But uh, you know what? We appreciate y'all uh, joining, the sh- joining us this week on the show. Um, Jason, tell them a little bit, uh, you know, give them the number again so they know and talk a little bit about people yeah. calling. Yeah, look, we, we have got some phone calls. We want, we've got a lot of, of emails been coming in. Uh, we want you to call too. We, we like the phone calls. We like the voicemails. We've had several. We want more. And you can just call and give us your feedback. You can say that you love the show, you hate the show. Uh, give a show six. Don't say that. <laughs> Don't say that. Well, we're going to play those too, you know. But, yeah, but know. you can, uh, you know, give us your, your feedback. You can give us show suggestions and, and ideas and, and just questions. If you, we're, we're looking for show topics. So if you say, hey, I, here's a question I got. Hey, bring it on. We, we want to hear it. Yeah. And so uh, call us. We, we really enjoy those. Uh, phone calls. So that number is 903-833-4461. Again, it's 903-833-4461. And what I want people to know is we're not going to answer the phone. It goes straight to voicemail. You can call at four o'clock in the morning. It doesn't matter when you call. No one is going to answer that. And you do not have to, uh, like I said, leave your full name. We won't use that. You can just leave us your first name and, uh, you know, give us your feedback or ask uh, the question. We'd, we'd love to hear from you uh, via that method. Or send us emails. We've been getting a bunch of emails. And we'll yeah, be, we'll be glad to take those, too, at thelatenightvisionshow at gmail.com. Thelatenightvisionshow at gmail.com. Well, you're exactly right. We get a lot of emails. Uh, we get a lot of questions. Some, I get messages on Instagram for show topics, and they're great. But we want to hear your voice. So please call in. We want to play those recordings. We love doing the shows, the listener feedback shows, and the recordings are a big part of that. So uh, please call in. Leave your messages. Uh, also, anything that we've talked about today, um, there's a man that you can talk to that can give you any answer that you, that you want or you need. Uh, call Jason at Outdoor Legacy Gear. Uh, his phone number is at 877-350-1818. I got that right, didn't I? Right off the top you of my got head. it right, man. 877-350-1818. Uh, Jason Outdoor Legacy Gear. He'll talk to you about who will sit there, I promise you, and he will talk to you as long as you want to about this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> he talks more about night vision than anybody that I've ever met, but he'll take care of mm-hmm. you, answer your question, take the time, and like he said, he's a terrible salesman. So he'll probably talk you into something cheaper. <laughs> I, I'm a terrible salesman. <laughs> uh, and uh, uh, if you want to find Jason, where can they find you if they want to look for you uh, somewhere else? YouTube, and you can always find me there. I've got a lot of reviews. Uh, please go like and subscribe. Same thing, Instagram and Facebook. Uh, I tell you what, uh, we really want you to go and uh, you know go like the late night vision show uh, as you know Instagram, but but Facebook as well. We're trying to get that growing over there, and uh, you know we just appreciate it if you could go out whether it's Instagram or Facebook, like and share this stuff. We, we had a lot of that going on with uh, the show last week with James O'Neill, and it gave us a lot of growth. And and look, I mean we're begging you, <laughs> we like and share. We're 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 doing this, and we want to to build it up as big as we can and get as many listeners and then we can do some more fun stuff. Uh, Hans and I are already, uh, you know, teasing out some ideas of some giveaways and stuff. I'm not going to say any more than that. I'm just going to leave it out there. That's exactly right. So, uh, and you can, like you said, find Jason Outdoor Legacy Gear on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Hans ETX. That's H-A-N-S-E-T-X. 
uh, on Instagram, on YouTube, it's the same thing, uh, Hans ETX. I'm getting close to 2,500 subscribers, and, and uh, man, a lot of work goes into the videos, but I appreciate all the feedback that comes back and, and all the uh, encouragement, so it's, it's good to see. But for Jason and I, we want to thank you again for being here, joining us this week. Uh, pretty soon, Jason and I are going to be talking about the brand new uh, FLIR Thermosite Pro PTS 536 that uh, is now in, and we're using them and shooting already shooting hogs with them. We're going to be doing a full review on that soon. I don't know if we're doing it on the next show, but here coming up in the near future, we're going to be doing that. But thank you for joining me. Thank you for joining Jason. Come back and uh, listen to us again next week, and uh, y'all take care. <laughs>